Welcome, Summit Nation. Church. The church is on fire. Amen. Don't you appreciate uh, Carla and uh, those words of exhortation that she gives every week? Such a blessing, such an encouragement. Um, before the foundation of the world, God put us together. And, uh, and, and, and he knew what he was doing with both of us. And he, we complement each other so well because she has what, what I don't have. Amen. Amen. I don't have that gift of encouragement. <laughs> I mean, I, I encourage you with the word. Amen. I do encourage you. I don't, I don't mean to say that I don't encourage. I, I encourage with the word of God. I want you to win. All right. Uh, but she, she just has a, some people just have a gift of encouragement. And you know, you know the difference. Amen. So uh, bear with us today. We got the junior varsity up on the sound. <laughs> nah, I'm messing. Uh, Fifi's uh, is running the sound today. So pray for me. Pray in the spirit if you know how to do that. <laughs> no, nah, she does a great job. And and uh, and just like Carla today, she called the musicians out by name and and encourage them. See, you know, sometimes I forget. It's not that I don't appreciate them, but uh, it's just, uh, she just has that. Amen. Just give God praise for your first lady. <laughs> Amen. Y'all comment online, okay? Because I'm looking at the comments. Now, if I don't call you out, that means that, um, that I don't love you. No, it just means that I'm, I'm just looking at one feed. We're on church online. We're platform. We're on two places on, on my uh, Facebook uh, page, my business page, and then we're also on the Summit page, and we're on YouTube, all right? So we see uh, there's Alley Cat. She's on Jackie, Jack Rabbit, all right? Tim O. Smith is on Miss Mom, Mom Ethel, all right? Deborah Lane, praise God. Um, Bud, what's going on, Bud? All right, all right. Uh, Ray Turner, Benita Brown, Edward Redmond, welcome. Blessings to you, my brother. Okay, Jerrion, all right. Wasn't she back here? Oh, okay. All right, but she's online too. Praise God. You multitasking. Patrice Keller, all right, Patrice, from the Indianapolis campus. Okay, here's, here's Norma jumping in there. All right. Norma from the Indianapolis campus, she's on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And uh, who else we got? Uh, Y'all blessed today? Yes. We got some good, 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 good word for you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's see who's uh, here on this other feed. You say, Pastor, why are you doing that? Well, we got family here and we have family there. All right. Janice uh, Lewis watching over there on the other page. All right. So let me uh, give you a little bit of, uh, of an announcement here and um, a little bit of Carla. Uh, where's Steve? Hey, run up here, Steve. And so just while, run up here real quick. All right. Um, he's from Ohio, Ohio State fan. They don't, they don't move as fast, you know. Uh, from Ohio people, but uh, all the way from Dayton, Ohio. But I wanted, I wanted to give you a face behind what the, who makes all this online stuff work. It's this guy right here. <laughs> yeah, you can see his eyes, all right. This brother is a blessing, amen? He makes it so easy. I just, just come up here. We just have an amazing team. And if I didn't call your name, it means that I stayed up all night to make sure that I offended you. <laughs> no, um, amen. Your time will come. If, if I don't get your call, it will. But we got so many people that makes, makes this thing happen, and we really appreciate you. Um, uh, we, we need people in the house so that people who want to stay home um, and they, they can enjoy. Amen. Ain't nothing like being here, though. But that's the next best thing. All right? Praise God. So I just released my book, which I wanted, I, I, I wrote this um, 
Actually, I, I, it was under another title, but I revised it to fit uh, or to address the, uh, this, this pandemic that we're in. So um, the book was called Experience God's Protection, and I, mu- I guess I must have sent, I'll, I'll take the, I'll fall on the sword on this one. I think I may have sent Mary the wrong cover, but I got a, a new cover. Don't, don't tell Amazon that this cover that's on the app, okay, it says experience God's protection from the coronavirus. Um, they, Amazon's real picky about saying stuff, acting like you, you know, can get people healed from corona because I'm not considered an expert. <laughs> and actually, I'm not. But God is the great physician, and I'm just pointing people to the Savior. Amen? Amen. And so um, I just changed the title, and it got approved. I don't know what it took me so long, but I did it. I, I just believe this is the right time to release it. And uh, so you can get it on, on, on Amazon, and, and there's a, a link there. Let me click this link. The, the title is, I changed it to Stay Safe. In the Father's arms. (laughs) Amen. I declare you safe from COVID in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. So let's get to it. Y'all ready for the word? We're going to pick up right where we left off. I got some good stuff today. I'm so excited. Don't be afraid. And um, I'm going to give you a little appetizer because we're going to get into God's love. Um, and in this appetizer. So I want, you to, I want you to think about God's love. God's love is so, so amazing. The antidote, I'm teaching you on don't be afraid, fear not. The antidote to fear is love. Perfect love cast out. I love this. Perfect love drives out all fear. God's love is always 100. It is perfect. And I want to I show you how, how it pursues us. I got, I got a, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing this back to my remembrance. I, I, I saw something, and I, I, I hope that it bless, blesses you. Okay, the ultimate protection against fear, the ultimate protection in our lives, the antidote for fear, the ultimate protection against fear is love. Consider, uh, consider God's love. The Bible tells us in Psalm 68, 19 that he carries us. The Father carries us. Think about that. We are God. Say, I'm God's child. I'm God's child. Okay. That may, made me uh, think about our confession. So throw that up for me. Okay. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. Oh. <laughs> they just skipped to the end. <laughs> Amen. We got a good crew up there. We got the young folks up there. Amen. Working it. They do a great job. So give them a sec. And uh, all right. I am, say, I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am the apple of his eye. I don't remember the next one. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. I, I started saying stuff not even on there, did I? Didn't I? Okay, that's cool. Well, no. Wait a minute. It's still not the beginning. Okay. Uh, well, we we having some delays on the... On that, you're greatly blessed. How the fact, can you back it up just a couple of slides? Oh, that is the, that's the right one? I, I don't know. I'm, uh, Lord, help me. So, oh, I guess the you threw me off. Okay, we got the, okay, say I am, okay, let's, oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Let me just back up and come back up here. <laughs> All right. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. 
I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted, and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I, I needed that this morning. I'm, I'm prepared. I'm prepared. Amen. Thank you, Lord. As I was saying before, I forgot to do the confession. We are God's children. Think about he carries us. We never get so mature in Christ, um, no, no matter how long that you've been following Jesus, you never get to the place where he doesn't carry you. Now, when we have children, we want them to walk as soon as possible. Huh? Right? We, we don't want to carry them when they're 25. Not even when they're 15. Okay? So it gets to a place when they're, when they're, when they're little. Uh, we get so excited. We tell everybody, Johnny's walking. And you no longer have to carry them. But our entire Christian life, God carries us. Ooh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So he carries me. Let me tell you something else. Um, the Bible tells us in, in Psalm 56, I believe it's verse, uh, verse 8, that he, he puts all of our tears in a bottle. Huh? I mean, when our children cry, we want, to, we want them to stop crying. <laughs> That's love. Have you ever thought about capturing your children's tears in a bottle? That's, that speaks of love, right? The fact that he carries us, that, that speaks of love. Okay, I'm going to give you a little uh, math problem. Okay. Matthew 10, 29 talks about, that. see, um, in the days of Jesus, when Jesus walked the earth, sparrows were considered pretty much worthless. Uh, you can get them on the cheap. Okay, they didn't, they didn't cost very much. Matthew 10, 29 says that, Okay, y'all got your thinking caps on? Okay, so two sparrows, you can get it for a penny. So, for two pennies, how many sparrows does that get you? Mm -mm. Not according to the Bible. According to Luke chapter 12 or 6, that you can get five for two pennies. That was a Black Friday special. <laughs> So I guess you can get a deal, you can get a quantity discount. <laughs> now, I'm not making this up. You, you can get five. So Matthew says you can get, you can get uh, two for one penny. Luke says you can, get, you can get five for two pennies. So what does that got to do with God's love? Well, then the very next verse says, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Man, how great a love is that? I mean, I, I make it easy on the Lord. Some of y'all are more difficult. And he, he can count the number of your hairs. Like, who does that? I love my children, but I never, I never had a thought, let me count. I don't have anything else to do. Let me just count how many hairs they have on their head. I mean, God knows the, the, the number. Think about that. Just, I mean, pause and say la. Think about that right? Yep. He knows the numbers of our head. I mean, that, that, that's love. Carries us. He captures uh, our tears in a bottle. Thank you, Lord. There's a song that says, think about his love. Think about his goodness. Think about his grace that's brought us through it. Has anybody grace 
brought you through stuff? All the time. Praise God. And there's more and more grace that keeps delivering us, keeps bringing us through. For as high as the heavens above, so great is the measure of our Father's love. The Father loves you, and he cares for you affectionately. Receive his love. And uh, I, I had this, this, this vision of, uh, think about the father, like, standing away from you, and then there's a, there's a gravity pull. That's what I saw, like a gravity pull. That once, once you step into, that, into this gravity pull, you just get carried toward him. Don't be outside of that pool. Receiving his love, believing in the love that the Father has for you, you step into this gravity pool and you get carried. I mean, just get drawn toward him. Um, can you all see that? James 4, 8 says, draw near to God, he draws near to you. I mean, it's no effort. Once you get into a gravity pool, there's no effort involved, no work required. You just, you just allow yourself to be carried. Will you let him carry you? 1 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 31. And this, I'm going to show you the scripture that made me think about this. And it's this one. From the message, it says, met God out looking for them. God told them, see God telling you this. I've never quit loving you. And never will. Expect. Everybody say expect. Love, love, and more love. Just keep expecting his love. See, God loves you. His love for you does not depend on your performance contrary to what religion tells you. You don't have to earn his love. God's love is not based on your efforts. Thank you, Jesus. He decided to love you. Amen. There's nothing you can do to get God to love you any more than he loves you right now. There's nothing you can do to get him to love you any less. God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. Thank you, Jesus. Say, he loves me. See, God doesn't have love. I mean, if he had it, he could decide, well, you know what, I, I'm, I'm in a bad mood today. I'm not going to give it out. But he doesn't have it. He is love. Woo. Huh? Can y'all see that? He, he is love. And he will never stop. None of your bad habits, not even your addictions, your bad stuff, your bad performance, will never stop him from loving you. See, that's the lie that religion tells. And a lot of people believe that. That's the reason why they don't want nothing to do with God when they're screwing up and they know they screwed up. But when you understand that he never quits loving you, even in your mess, you get in that gravity pull. If you're not driving... I want you to, I want to invite you to just close your eyes right now and just allow yourself to see him out in front of you. And let's just picture his love picking you up off of the ground and you just floating and you being pulled, you being drawn to him into his loving arms. Just seeing him, see him embrace you and expressing, looking in, in your eyes, 
telling you, I love you. All right. Expect love, love, and more love. L.E.B. says, From afar, Yahweh appeared to me saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I've what? Drawn you. That's what got me on this. I, that's, what, that's what the Holy Spirit um, used that to show me this vision. Man, I tell you what, meditate the word. You'll see wonderful things when you begin to meditate in his love. I've drawn you with loyal love. Man, religion messes this whole thing up. Think about the word. Uh, you ever hear somebody say, oh, you know, when somebody's behaving bad, what, you know, that person's lost. It's lost. Anybody? I mean, the, and they are, but not the way you're saying it. They are, they're, they're lost. That's not how, that's not how God uses the word lost. First of all, you can't lose something unless you own it. <laughs> God owns us. And people talk about they're lost. I mean, think about why they're lost. or, or, or they're lo they're, You didn't lose them because they don't belong to you. Now, if you go to Luke chapter 15, you can see when it, it gives us the, the story about, it's, it's a beautiful, one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. I keep getting drawn to it. It talks about the, the lost sheep. How they had a party when they found the sheep and the, the dude left the 99, went after the one. He put the sheep on his shoulder, carried. Man, that word carry is jumping out at me today. And he carried that sheep. The sheep didn't have nothing to do but just consent to be carried. Huh? Because, and then, and then the woman with the lost coin, how she searched the house. See, there's a distinction between something missing and something lost. And something's missing, it's a different. It's like you got a, a pack of big pins, you know, for $5, you know, 100 of them or whatever it is. It's kind of like sparrows. <laughs> they could be missing. But like if you got a Mont Blanc, that's lost. And you're going to, if you got something valuable, see, that's how God uses lost. Can you see it? And the, and the boy that left home, because the woman with the lost coin, she swept the house because it was valuable. The father ran after that boy when he came home. He was lost. And the father looks at someone who's lost is like, I'm pursuing you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. He, he, he comes after us with his amazing love. Thank you, Jesus. He owns us and he, he wants to he, see that Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. Say, the Father loves me. Amen. I have drawn you with royal love. 1 John 4 and 16 says, So we have come to know and believe the love. Say, I believe the love. We have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God doesn't have love. God is love. And whoever abides in love. See, live in his love. Whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, I want to jump into... Okay, well, let's, let's read uh, Psalm 91. I mean, man, I'm living in Psalm 91. I want to invite you to do that as well. Get this on the inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High 
One translation says the secret place. And that's the place that's in Christ. The secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We are living in. We just read a scripture talking about abiding in his love. We live in the shadow. Live in the shadow. Not just any shadow. We're in the shadow. In the shelter of Almighty God. That's El Shaddai. That's, we learn, the breasty one. The nourisher, the strength giver, the satisfier. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, not just any refuge, he's mine. See, you make it personal. I love this. This is a personal song. Lord, you are my refuge. Let's say it. Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God in whom I trust. See, that's a decision. For he, he might deliver you someday. <clears throat> no, he will deliver you from what? From the snare <clears throat> of the fowler. Don't the fowler got some snares? And if you get caught, he'll bring you out. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Now, ain't that, ain't that, COVID all day long. This didn't catch God off, off guard, this whole pandemic. God didn't cause it. I said God didn't cause it. And everybody, don't even get me started on um, 2 Chronicles 7.14. If I hear that again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something at you. Somebody was sharing that, um, talking about, man, you know, they keep seeing that on the Internet. Because every time something bad happens on the earth, somebody always talking about, now, I believe in prayer. I pray Psalm 91. But you've got to know the difference between the Old Covenant and New Covenant prayers. That's not a Second Chronicles 7.14. It's in the Old Covenant section of the book. All right? If my people will call by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked way. Um, I used to pray that, but not anymore because uh, that's conditions. We don't have conditions under, we don't, we don't have to humble themselves and pray in order for God to move and turn from our wicked ways. We ain't got no wicked way. First of all, we're not wicked. I mean, we don't live in no wicked ways. Now, you might, you might have some wicked way actions. Okay, you could have some wicked ways. Let me rephrase that. But that doesn't stop God from blessing you and putting his favor on you, and it doesn't stop his love for you. See, praying that prayer it is a lack of understanding of the new covenant. You think that we've got to do something in order for God to do something. That we got to work in order for God to move. But no, God, God moves when we rest. We rest in his finished work. Amen. We should pray, but see, not that. Because you're acting like I mean, God is so annoyed by this wickedness. See, we think, we think stuff is bad when God's been dealing with this stuff for a very long time. I was looking at the story of Lot recently and how these angels came to get Lot and his family up out of there because it was so wicked. It was so wicked that the dudes, that, that Lot, Lot had to bring these cats. We looked at it last week, actually. And, and Lot... But here's the backstory. Lot, Lot had to bring these cats into the house because, uh, or bring the angels into the house because the men of the city wanted to rape the angels. Now, I haven't seen that kind of wickedness. And, but people are acting like, oh, man, all this bad stuff's happening. 
Now, God doesn't like the bad stuff, but there's nothing new to God. The world's going to get darker. The church is going to get brighter. Just focus on Jesus and focus on his finished work. Everything's going to be all right, church. Amen. God is watching over you. He loves you. He's, ne he's never going to let you go. It's not about holding on to God. It's about him holding you. Huh? I use this illustration a lot, but it fits well here. When you're carrying a little baby, you're holding on to that baby. And, and sometimes that baby will grab your clothes, grab your top or your shirt or your sweater or your coat. But it doesn't really matter. The baby can let go. Because it's not about the baby holding on to you. It's about you holding that baby. And there's no way you're dropping that baby. See, the Father carries us. He ain't letting you go. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, it didn't say the weapon wouldn't be formed. COVID is a weapon, but it ain't going to work. If it happens to get in and you catch it, it's got to go. Man, I love it. And what I'm talking about is um, we started this last week about building your spiritual immune system. And I got more to say about that. Because scientifically, when you build up your physical immune system and vitamins, and I, I believe in that. It doesn't stop the, the, the flu virus and other kind of viruses from floating around. It just scientifically, it hits your cell when, it's, when your immune system is built up. How many of you know everybody don't catch the flu? Scientifically, when your immune system is sufficiently built up, those, those germs, when they, it's not that they, they disappear. You can go about your business, go to the store and go anywhere you want. When they hit your cell, it bounces off. When you build your spiritual immune system, it's the same way. When you get in your heart that he sent his word and healed me by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Himself took my infirmities and bore my sickness. He's taking sicknesses out of the midst of us. He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. When you understand that and you get this in your, in your heart, and when, you, when you understand that surely he will deliver you. From this deadly pestilence. Yes. So you can go out. It's not that, oh, is it is COVID out there today? It will hit you and see, imagine yourself. You know, we know that they're tiny. You got to look at them under a mi microscope, but let's, let's blow them up. Let's, let's take each cell of your body and like it's a big balloon. Now imagine you walking out and that COVID hitting that cell and just bouncing off. The weapons are formed, but it ain't going to work when you build. There's something about building yourself up in the Word of God. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. This is not in the Bible just to take up space. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. I want to challenge you are, you. are you doing that? Are you building yourself up? Thank you, Jesus. He will cover you with his pinions or his feathers under his wings. We're under, we're under his protection. Summit Nation, I declare you safe from COVID. I'm not just up here saying stuff. I mean, I, I, I'm declaring you safe. I mean, this is, we family. Glory to God. Under his wings, you will find refuge. You seen that word before? 
Amen. The name of the Lord reminds me of this scripture. is a strong tower. The righteous run into it in that gravity pull. And they are safe. Oh, man, you know, as the righteousness of God in Christ, you are safe. Safety belongs to you. It's, it's in that word salvation. Safety is a part of salvation. Deliverance, preservation. You can't lose with this stuff. But we need to saturate ourselves in these truths. To where, we, I mean, we know who we are when we all walk out the house. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus was walking in this. Now, every, nobody walks in this 100%, there, but there is a place. I believe in pointing you to God's best. There is a place where no disease can touch you. Jesus walked in that. Technically, when he went and healed a leper, he should have been quarantined. And he went and put, had the nerve, put his hand on the leper. He said, well, that's Jesus, as he is. So are we in this world. You have the same righteousness as Jesus had. Glory to God. And you know, the cool thing is, is there's not 25 steps you need to get anointed or to get righteous. You already are that. See, so you're just acknowledging who you are. And start seeing that. And I haven't even got to the feature presentation. Man, you're going to get so excited about this. Wait, five minutes, there's no way. <laughs> we'll get through this, though. I didn't want, we, we definitely don't want Fifi to have, have to have, have had loaded those scriptures for nothing. I gave her a bunch of to put in front of you. Okay, so his faithfulness is a shield and buckler. Let's, 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 let's get to it. Um, help me over there and jump over there to, uh, too many for me to click. We're going to get up, let's go to the story of David and Goliath. This is so good, y'all. Now, uh, 1 Samuel 17, 1, let me see if I can do this in five minutes. Now I can do it in 10. Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Sokoth, which belongs uh, to Judah. Let me just skip through some of this. So you got um, the, Philistine, the Philistine army and Israel at war with one another, okay? One is on one mountain, and the other is on the other side, on, on the other side of the mountain, okay? And there's a valley in between them. And because uh, there's two mountains, one a valley in between. Okay, so um, drop down to verse four. Okay, so, so so let me let me back up, give you a little backdrop. This this will be help you even more. If you look at if you want some homework assignment, go to the previous chapter. You'll find when um, Samuel was sent to Jesse's house to look for a king, and they they rolled out all those brothers, and then uh, they. And Samuel kept saying, well, no, that's not the one, that's not the one, that's not the one. And then David, well, is anybody else? Well, you know, there's, there's David, he's over there with the sheep or whatever. You know, bring him. He said, he said that's the one. And, uh, and so he was anointed king. And the Bible says the anointing was on him ever since. He's already got an anointing on him. Because sometimes when people think, think of... Um, David with the sheep, that he's just out there just playing with some sheep or something. I mean, da <laughs> David was something else, all right? David wasn't, wasn't no joke. Now, when we, when we see him over there, like, th th this will help you understand this even better because David was with the sheep, but he was already appointed. Saul already liked him so much, and he had so much favor that, that Saul appointed him as an armor bearer. This is before he slew Goliath. Okay, he's anointed. In fact, he was skillful because how, uh, uh, how he got in front of Saul is because Saul 
had this evil spirit tormenting him. And he asked for somebody who's skillful at playing a harp. And they said, this is Cat David, man, this dude's skillful. So he was, you know, he was cool on the instruments. You know, skillful, like we got justice, you know, all right. He, he, he does justice to the keyboards. Y'all didn't like that one? He, he does justice to the key. Yeah, all right. Oh, anyway, so David, let me, let, me, let me get back to what I'm good at. Okay, so he's skillful. So he's just not out there just chilling with sheep. I mean, he's, he's a worshiper. So much so that when, when that evil spirit, when, when they finally brought David in front of Saul and David began to play the harp and that evil spirit was on Saul, I mean, the evil spirit left him. He was, he was a psalmist. <laughs> Amen. The psalms, most of the psalms come from, you know, from, from David. He's, he's a worshiper, okay? I want you to understand that. Now, Let's check out this. Let's look into this dude, this heavyweight fight here. Because the Philistines had this champion named Goliath, whose height was six cubits and a span. <clears throat> he had a helmet of bronze on his head. And he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron and his shield bearer went before him. And uh, he challenged Israel. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you are not, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. So he's challenging one man to come down and fight him. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be servants, our servants, and serve us. Now, in his mind, there's no way he could lose. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. What he didn't count on was Israel had a covenant. But somebody had to believe in this covenant. Because it really wasn't the sling and the, and the stone that killed him. It was David's faith in the grace. Mm. I want you to see something. And this is going to resonate with some folks here. He said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man and we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard faith, for anything comes by hearing. When they heard these words of the Philistine, they got excited. Let's find our best man and go out. Let's, let's stand on our... No. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. When they heard the news on CNN, when they heard the news on the internet, about how many people died. See? Now, check this out. They were afraid. Dismayed. They didn't know what to do. Now, David was the son of an Ephrathite of Bethlehem and Judah named Jesse, who had eight sons in the, days of, in the days of Saul, the man was already old and advanced in years. The three oldest sons of Jesse that followed Saul had, had followed Saul to the battle, and the names of 
his three sons who went to the battle were Eliab the firstborn and next to him Aminadab and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Now remember, he still got a job. He's, his job as an armor bearer was Saul, but he was still um, going back and forth ministering to his father, taking care of the sheep. For 40 days, the Philistines... Now, actually, if you look in, in uh, chapter 16, I believe it, it says that you know, he was skilled for war. So he wasn't just some old young old dude running around with a slingshot, <laughs> you know, playing with his friends. <laughs> right? So... For 40 days, the Philistines came forward, and the Philistine came forward, this giant, this Goliath, took his stand morning and evening. Morning and evening. Israel was listening to the news. If there had been TV that day, it would have been on all the news channels. He was strutting his stuff morning and night. Come on out. Y'all scared? Yep. <laughs> and Jesse said to David, his son, take your brothers. Now, basically, I'm going to go through this. He basically, Jesse told, gave David the assignment not to go over there and uh, fight, fight Goliath, but take, him some, take some food to your brothers and actually give give their supervisor some food too. Bless him. <laughs> okay. Um, let's skip past some of this for the sake of time. Now Saul and, and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took the provisions and went as David had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the, as the host was going out to the battle line, shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. And David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, behold, the champion the Philistine of Gath, he's the heavyweight champion of the world at that time, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before, morning and night. Now, check this out. David hadn't, had not been listening to this stuff every day. Y'all getting this? He hadn't been listening to the news. He was with the sheep. What was he doing? Worshiping God. There's a secret right there. When you begin to worship God, see, see fear and, and, and be absorbed in his love. Amen. The fear will leave you. Huh? Think about the anointing David had when he played his heart before Saul and Saul had that evil spirit on him. The evil spirit left when David began to pray, uh, play. And he's not just playing some song. He's not playing, you know, Beyonce and stuff like that. This guy, is, is, he's, he's playing worship songs. That's why you mess with Beyonce. I love Beyonce. I, I, I just said that. I could have said anything. I could have said Justin Bieber. It, what my point is, he is worshiping. He's singing worship songs. Oh, my goodness. And what happens? The evil spirit will leave. So if David could do that for something else, don't you, for somebody else, don't you think he had it for himself? He wasn't walking in no fear. And you could tell. <laughs> See, okay, so, so David heard this. Like, what's, what's this cat talking about? All the men of Israel, when they uh, saw the man, said, Hey, what's, what's, what's up, Goliath? How you doing? No, they fled from him and were 
greatly afraid. They're much afraid. The thing that you greatly fear will come on you. Well, I'm scared of catching the virus. I'm going to stay home. The fear can bring it to your house. Your fear can bring it to your house. And the men of Israel said, have you, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and give him his daughter. She had to be fine. He wouldn't offer nobody ugly, you know. And make his, ho- uh, uh, his father's house free in Israel. Amen. That, that woke Brother Bill up. <laughs> and David, David said to the men who stood by him, Now, what, y'all, what you say? What should be done for the man who, who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That means he doesn't have a covenant. Man, it makes me want to. I want to teach on blood covenant. I, I, I got to do it. I, I, I got to do it. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? See, before, they're not talking about God. Things change when you bring God into the equation. God ain't scared of this stuff. Say, neither am I. He's on the inside of you. Okay, that's the end. I don't have any more scriptures. So, (laughs) I must be done. So, y'all know the end of the story. I mean, he, he slew Goliath. But what I wanted you to see is he didn't spend his time listening to all that mess every day. He was away from that, worshiping God, and when the time, when his time came, he was ready. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, I thank you.